Uh, If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, open up to Genesis 36 as we continue to uh, move through this sermon series entitled Joseph, Pit, Prison, and the Palace. Pit, Prison, and the Palace. Last week we kicked this uh, sermon series off with the the first week, kind of an introduction, but some teaching on um, Joseph learning the art of discernment. Amen? How many of us know that we need some discernment in life if we're going to do some things that God's called us to do? Amen? This isn't a quiet church, especially in the morning, ain't quiet. Amen? We need discernment in my life. And and I think uh, this series is, is really just about growing and learning from a mighty man like Joseph. Joseph is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. The man has a lot of things to show us and teach us as people, as followers of Jesus Christ. His life is is a testimony. His life is a story. But his life is filled with a lot of knowledge and insight for each and every one of us. I promise you, whether it's in the pit, the prison, or the palace, there are principles, moral, life-giving, godly principles that we need to take away from him. And I just enjoyed uh, discovering this. Joseph was a dreamer. Joseph was a dreamer among men. That was kind of his title. He received dreams from God, and and he explained those to people, and he shared those with people. We learned last week that he shared two dreams with his brothers and his family when he wasn't really liked. Maybe he should have used a little bit of discernment there on how to present those. Uh, But he was a dreamer. What was amazing is that as he continued to dream and have those visions, God's hand was on his life. No matter what happened to him, no matter if he was in the pit, the prison, or the palace, there was a lot of things that could have shaken his faith, but he stayed firm in God. If you don't hear anything else throughout this series, I really want, as this church is growing deep roots, we're a young church still, I, we're going to be young for a while, but I really believe the only way that God's going to use this church is this, is if we receive wisdom and insight, but if we take the decision to say we want to grow deep roots in God. Amen? I want this church to take as individuals, as followers of Jesus to say, I desire Jesus and only Jesus and I want my roots to grow so deep that no matter what comes my way, I will not be shaken. I will not fall prey to this world. I will not fall prey to the things of this world. The sin, the things that this world says I need, I don't want to touch. Amen? Amen. Deep roots. But today we're going to discover something as he entered from the, the pit as he gets to the palace, and I think it's a, it's a principle that, that one that I've learned in my life as, as a follower of Jesus that I think is going to be valuable. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Genesis 39, verse 1 through 7. God's kingdom is always on the move, amen. It's always going to do one thing, it's going to move forward. So Joseph is now on the move. Joseph was just sold into slavery because his brothers wanted to kill him, but instead of killing him, they sold him. And so now he's landed in Egypt, He's in Potiphar's house. And this is what the scripture says. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care with Joseph in charge. 
he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to be concerned with nothing but what you're going to eat? I sure as heck would. Amen? Jesus, this is your word. We thank you for it. Father, I pray that what is spoken through me, God, will go directly to hearts through your spirit, that ears will be open to hear, that minds will receive, and hearts will be changed. Father, I pray that, Father, we will grow in your word. It's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. The prison, part one. The prison, part one. Have you ever landed in a situation or a place that you wonder, how did I get here? Have you ever been in a, in a moment where you're wondering, why am I here? I should not be here. Has anybody ever experienced that? You, you arrive to a place and maybe you don't fit in. Maybe you're like, ah, I'm not dressed for this occasion. I did that one time. I showed up to a country club for a, a brunch that I was invited to, rolling in in jeans and a T-shirt. <laughs> How many of you know they were like, uh, sir, you can't come in here? I was like, excuse me? They're like, you don't have slacks on and a coat. And I was like, didn't know. Had no idea. Had no idea. I didn't know when going to that place that that's what was required of me. But we land in situations and places that we say sometimes, man, God, how did I get here? How, how did, I ask God often, God, how did we land in Chicago? How did we get to a city as big as Chicago, as, as young as, quote, unquote, Rachel and I are, to plant a church? How, how did we get here? Oh, God, you called us. Oh, God, you put us here. You know, as I'm, as I'm discovering Joseph's story, you know, he probably wondered, how did he go from a pit to getting to one of the most highest officials' homes in Egypt. You know, as I was writing and discovering, I thought, how in the world did we land here? Look around. This isn't normal. This is not normal. We got an amazing portrait over there. People are staring at it like, what in the world? This place is one of the, quote, most hottest places to have a business in. I was speaking with somebody this morning, and you know, he was sharing with a friend who knows Mr. Ketchatori, and he said, he said to him, yeah, we're having church there. And he goes, excuse me, how? How? How are you guys able to get into that place? How are you even able to get foot into that place? And you know what's funny, God? Only God. See, we land in places, we land in situations, and we wonder, God, why am I here? God, how did I get here? God, what are you trying to do here? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I ask these questions as I'm wondering and discovering through reading Joseph that he probably had the wherewithal that, okay, you know what? I just landed in this house, this amazing house, this big house filled with a lot of things. God, how did I get here? How am I here? You know that God has places for you to go. God has people for you to reach. God has things for, in store for you that he can only plan. He has situations to place you in that I think sometimes you're going to look at and go, how did I get here? This wasn't my plan. This wasn't what I thought. This isn't what, don't worry, it's just the air. It's a little hot in here. This wasn't where I thought I should be at this age. This isn't what I thought I should have at this age. But how many know his ways are higher? His ways are mightier. His knowledge is way more vast than mine. And I just want his ways. And I think that Joseph is sitting there going, okay, I'm here now, God, because he was a lover and a follower of Jesus and of God. We know that. Joseph was solid in his faith. So I think Joseph arrived and he immediately said, okay, God, you have me here. You have me right here. What can I do? What can I do? And you know what Joseph starts to do? What every follower of Jesus starts to do. He starts to bring life, peace, and joy into a household. 
He starts to bring life, joy, peace into a place where there probably wasn't too much of that. Oh, if there's one thing as a follower of Jesus that we should be doing, like, God, what do I do as a follower of Jesus? You should bring life, peace, joy, and God's spirit into places. Oh, you could say amen. That's what we're called to do. And Joseph is sitting there going, okay, I'm here. Now it's my opportunity. Now it's my time to bring some spiritual truth to this home. It's my chance. This isn't where God has destined me to go. But for right now, this is where God has me. Right now, this is where God has me. So even though I just came from a pit, even though I'm, I'm about to go to prison, he's about to get to prison. We'll discover that next week. So in this middle, in between, hello, we learned about that a lot last few series, their sermons. Now he's here going, okay, God, I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. You have me here. Just think about this for a moment. Joseph goes from being a young brother, sharing his dreams, telling people what he's discovered and heard from God, and guess what? His brothers hate him. And then he doesn't stop there. He tells them another dream. And his brothers hate him even more. And now his father and his family, his parents are a little upset with him. So Joseph goes out to the field to meet his brothers. And guess what they do? We all know the story. Most of you may know the story. They want to kill him. They want to kill him. So instead of killing him, thank God, they say, you know what, let's just throw him in a pit. And then when they throw him in the pit, they have dinner. <laughs> That's just so crazy to me. Nobody else, just me. That's how my brain works. It says, Scripture says some of the funniest stuff. It writes that stuff in there. Like, they threw him in a pit. That's how crazy and lost these brothers were. They threw him in the pit, and then it says they ate food. If I knew my brothers were up there eating food, you know I'm trying to pick up rocks and chucking them at them. Like, I'm down here. I can hear you. So he goes from there. Then they said, you know what? We don't want to kill him. Don't do that. So let's sell him to some people that are going to Egypt. So they sell their brother into slavery. And then Potiphar shows up when Joseph arrives to Egypt. Potiphar shows up and says, yep, that's the one I want. I just believe that maybe Potiphar saw something in him. Potiphar just maybe was like, yep, that's the one. So he's now in a house where he has no place being. He has no place being whatsoever. We will land in places in life that we have no place being whatsoever. But God's hand, if God's hand is on your life, which I believe it is, if you seek God, if you want to know God, if you desire the things of God, God's going to take you to places that you never thought were possible. This is not reality for what I had in planned. I've said it a lot. I didn't want to do this. This wasn't the call that I was like, oh, I'll take it. No, I wanted to go do something else. I wanted to go discover life. I wanted to go try. I wanted... No, God said, no, JP, I'm putting you in this place. Okay, God. Then I'll land in this place. I'll stay in this place. I'll be committed to this place. Let me just pause for a second. We got too many Christians that are uncommitted. Oh, this is hard, JP. Come on, it's 1030 in the morning. This is a celebration. We're out here. It's awesome. No, let me just say, we want to grow deep roots. Be committed to the house. Be committed to the word of God. Be committed above all else to prayer and spending time with him. Be committed. Back to the notes. Do you trust God enough? To know, hey, I know where you're at, my child. I know where I have you right now, my child. Do you trust him enough to go, okay. All right. I trust you enough that this is where you have me right now, that this is the place in life you have me right now. I trust you. Can we say that? Is that hard to say? <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, way harder than you know. Oh, no, it's hard. 
to say, God, you have me in this place. I trust you in this place. I want to be in this place. I don't want to leave this place until you call me. I will stay in this place. You know, this, this whole series is around this word discernment. Having discernment, the spiritual ability to make judgments, the, the, the ability to know what God's doing. And when we seek the discernment of God's spirit, what he has called you to do, he will ultimately be the one that equips you to complete the call. You guys may have heard that before. I, I've, I've heard that a lot in the church world, right? Those that he calls, he's going to equip the call. Those that he's called to do stuff, he's going to make it possible for you and your spirit to do it. But you know what I put in there? When we seek the discernment of God's spirit, that's when he starts. Well, what do you mean by that? See, we got a, a lot of people that are just saying, well, I'm called to do this. I feel it in my heart. I'm called to do this. And then they go do it, and it wasn't God. It wasn't God. You know why? They missed the first part. When they're not seeking God's will and they're not praying and they're not discovering, God, what do you have for me? When they get clarity before they step, that's where we go wrong. That's where I go wrong. It's just making sense. See, it's the first part. We got to seek the discernment of the Spirit. We got to hear His spiritual judgments. We got to hear clarity. We got to hear insight before we step. And then when we step having that full of faith, He will be the one that ultimately equips us to make the call happen. You need to hear that this morning. Whatever he's called you to do, take it before him day in and day out. I said it last week. We talked about the dream. There's dreams inside of you. There's passions inside of each and every one of you. There's a call on your life. Each and every person sitting in this room, there is a call of heaven on your life. The only way you're going to know it, the only way that I'm going to know it, is discovering Spirit of God speak to me. I want to know. I want to know. And I think that Joseph in that time was going, Okay, God, I'm here in this place. I'm right here right now. What are you trying to say to me? What's my purpose here in this place? Why am I in this house? I don't want to be in this house. I don't want to be a part of this house. God, why am I here? Do you guys know this, right? Joseph had a dream. He had two dreams. The first one, he told his brothers, you're going to bow down to me. The second one, he told his family, you're going to bow down to me. The dude was nuts. I said it last week. If I ever said that to my family, they would hurt me. But he says this. So that's the dream of heaven, right? That's the call. So you got to believe he now lands in a house and he's going, this isn't God where you had me dreaming. This wasn't the dream you had for me. This wasn't what's in my heart. This isn't what I told my brothers that they were going to bow down to me. You know why? Because it's the patience part. It's the patience part. We get the dream, we get the call, and we're like, we're in it right now. Here we go. You know, we read in Acts, we, 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 we amazing man Paul. Right? Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament. We read Paul and we hear that he gets saved and God does a radical work in his life and calls him to go change the world through the church. And we read it like, man, he just got saved, got knocked off a horse, went away for a couple of days, and bam, he went in. Most of us don't realize Paul spent three years sitting on that thing. Three, maybe four, some theologians believe that he sat and he discerned what God's spirit was saying to him. He waited upon God to receive clarity, to receive insight, to receive what God do you have in store for me before he stepped into the call. Joseph said, we don't read in scripture that he said, no, nope, sorry God, this isn't where you have me, I just want to leave the house. Now he was a slave, some people say, yeah, you're right. He could have said, well, I want to leave, and they said, you're not going anywhere, we bought you. But the reality is, is that I think scripture would have said, Joseph may have fought a little bit against it, but he didn't. You know why? Because he was planted. He knew exactly where he was called to be. 
And he wasn't going to allow the circumstances that were in front of him, the timing that was in front of him, the thing that was in front of him to shake him. It's through discernment that he knew that. You want to know the call of God on your life? You want to know what his plans are? Seek the spirit of God. Seek truth through his words. Spend time alone with him. You're spending more time talking about your call than you are praying about it? Wrong. I caught myself doing that as we, we discovered that we were planning a church. I started telling everybody, and then I realized, like, I'm not even talking to God about this. I'm telling everybody in the world, this is what I'm called to do. This is what we're called to do. And I wasn't even praying about it anymore. It, was, it like, hit me like a ton of bricks. Can I just be honest with you? That's your pastor. I'm sorry. I'm not holy. But that was it. I was like, I'm talking more about it than I'm praying about it. I'm talking more about it than I'm seeking the Father about it. Seek the Father because this world, I'm telling you guys, this world needs you. This world needs you to be so clear of mind, so clear of heart, so faithful to God that nothing will shake you, nothing will rattle you no matter where he's called you to go. If he's called you to be a mother, be the best mother in the world. If he's called you to be a business worker, be the best business worker in the world. called you to be a teacher, a doctor, a nurse, whatever he's called you to do, be the best at it. But know that God's called you to do it. Know the confidence, because there's a confidence to people when they know God's called them to do something. Anybody ever recognize that? There's a confidence in people like, that person knows what God's called them to do. How? They probably took time to seek the spirit of God and learn discernment on what God wants to do with them. Three things to remember this week. We're almost done. Praise God. Go have brunch. Love brunch. So excited about brunch. Three things to remember this week when it comes to desiring discernment and living as a follower of Jesus. Is this encouraging you? We're family here. We're growing deep roots. We're family. First thing is this. When the Lord is with you, with us, people will take notice. When the Lord's with you, with us, when he is with you hand in hand, when you're walking with him hand in hand, people will take notice. See, Joseph, it says, was a, was a follower of Jesus. Joseph had the insight and the knowledge of who Jesus was, right? Joseph loved God. And so when he arrived to that point and he was about to be purchased as a slave, Potiphar noticed him probably and said, yep, that's the one I want. Come with me. It says that in verse 2 verse through 3, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. People are taking notice of who you are. Better yet, are you giving them something to look at? Are we giving them something to look at as a follower of Jesus? Are people seeing the Lord with us? This is a question that I think one is, if I had to give my top ten questions as a believer of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, this would be in my top ten. What are people seeing in me? Oh, some days they're not seeing Jesus. Can I just be honest? Some days I'm tired, I'm, I'm weak, my spirit's low. They're not seeing Jesus. I love my wife because she'll make sure I know that. She'll be like, yo, go pray. I'll be like, yeah, I know, I need it. But you know what? People will start to take notice when they see, you know what? Something's different about that person. Something is in them. What's in us? What are we giving off to people? Better yet, what God are we showing them? Sorry, this isn't a hard, this is encouraging. This should encourage your spirit. Because we're all called to do one thing, two things really. Be a follower of Jesus first and foremost, and then to be a disciple of Jesus. To go and change this city, to change this world. So what God are they seeing in you? Are they seeing a God in you that is 
full of love, full of grace, full of mercy, full of patience. Me, not so much in traffic. What God are they seeing in us, church? That's the question that I think is so pivotal for us. What God are they seeing? Potiphar saw that God was with Joseph. He saw it clear as day. It doesn't say that he was wondering, was he with them or was he not with them? It said he saw that the Lord was with them because you know why? When the Lord's with you, everything around you starts to prosper. Everything around you should start to prosper. (laughs) Should start to change. So the Lord was with him. Potiphar saw it and said, okay, something's different. Second thing is this. Everything we handle as a follower of Jesus should become stronger. Everything we touch as a follower of Jesus should become better. Well, that's not just like a saying that I came up with, right? It's scriptural. Verse 5. From the time he put him in charge of his household and that all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. Joseph arrives to a house of the Egyptians. Notice at that time, the Egyptians were not people that were following our God. They were following a lot of other gods. So I just have to know, and actually, just to be honest with you, just to to clarify something here, next week we're going to discover Potiphar's wife. Joseph gets put into a prison because of his wife. His wife tempts him, brings him in. I'm giving you the sermon for next week. Don't worry, you still got to show up to church. So let me just say this, like, Joseph arrives to a house that I got to believe was probably out of order. Actually, it was out of order. Because if he had a wife that was doing that stuff, out of order. He was out of order. Don't blame it all on his wife. Potiphar was out of order. Potiphar wasn't leading her in the things of God, wasn't leading his family in the things of God. Men, you're all like, yeah, it's the women. Nuh-uh. Starts with me. Starts with you. So I just got to believe that his house was not in order. Anybody else disagree with me? I just... Maybe he was out of order financially. Maybe his kids were out of order. We definitely know his wife was out of order. Things were out of order in that home. And Joseph arrives. And immediately, the word says, immediately, things started to change. Things started to prosper. Things around the house all became better. We'll discover next week about his wife. But things in the house became better. We as followers of Jesus, when we get into a room, it should be better. Better yet, it should be brighter. We walk into this place. I don't want to walk in like this. Oh, I got to go to church. Got to be here. No, I want to walk into the house of God like, I get to be here. This is awesome. Do a little dance. I want to walk into places all the time and people go, man, who's with this dude? And how is he able to speak so clearly? How is he able to bring insight into this place? How is he able to do it? Not me. I want to point back and say, no, it's the God that's gone before me and that's behind me. It's the wisdom of the spirit of God. It's the discernment of God. I want to, let me just say this. This place is awesome and creative and amazing. There's so many artists in this place. Let me just say this. The church should be leading culture. The church should be impacting culture. Far too long, we've been impacted by culture. Whatever culture says we got to do, we should do it. Whatever the world says is cool and creative, we as the church should do it. Oh, I love Instagram. I think it's great for the church and people see it all and all that stuff. We have amazing creative people. But I tell our creative team all the time. At least I tell my wife who's over. I say, let's be the best. We serve the best. Let's be the best. 
Let's come up with the most creative stuff in the world. Let's influence culture. Why is culture influencing us? You know why? Because we don't have the discernment of the Spirit to say, you know what, God, you've called me to influence culture through whatever, music, art, teaching, whatever, and I'm going to be the best at it because when I walk into the room with your Spirit with me, it better be better. This is encouraging. This is the truth. Who wants to see things change in their life? Who wants to see businesses change? Who wants to see new ideas come to mind? Who wants to see new dreams come to mind? Who wants to see the church take its place and say, you know what? We're going to lead the way. We're going to lead the way. It's not the government's problem. It's not the president's problem. It's, not a, it's the church's problem. So we as a tiny church, we can start to say, you know what? We want to lead the way. Because we as believers, things should be better. We should be making impacts around us. People should want what we have. I think it hurts God's heart. What can I say this? Maybe hard. I think it hurts God's heart when we walk into a place and nothing's getting better. I think he's wondering, going, I gave you my spirit, the same spirit that raised me from the grave, the, the spirit that is alive, the spirit that can impact and change and transform. I gave you my spirits in you. Now step in faith. Step boldly. Well, I don't want to ruffle feathers. It, don't, it doesn't matter. Ruffle feathers, but in love. Tell people what you have because they need it. Tell people what you, what you receive day in and out, which is love and joy and peace and kindness and gentleness and self-control. Because they need it. Everything we handle as a follower of Jesus should be better. Amen? Joseph stepped into the house. He made great impacts. The last thing is this, and we're going to sing. Be faithful in the little so the much can be blessed. Be faithful in the little so the much, when it comes, can be blessed. Verse 6 says this, so Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Sounds like a lot to me, right? Wow, he was in charge of an official, the official of the guards. He was the highest, one of the highest officials. Now he's in charge of his house. That sounds a lot for me. If I, if I was Joseph, I'd be like, that's cool. I'm here. I can live like this. The high life, this is good. But guess what? Joseph knew that wasn't where he was landing. That wasn't his destination. He knew that there was a dream big in his heart, so he was going to go somewhere. But guess what? That was a breeding ground for Joseph. That was a training ground for Joseph. That was a moment for Joseph to receive growth, to not step too early, to not go too early, to say, okay, I'm here. I'm in charge of a household, a very important household. Let me be faithful right now with where I'm at. Let me handle this with care. Let me handle this as this is God's house. Let me handle it to the best of my abilities because I want to be found faithful with the little because when the much comes, I want to be ready for that. I want to be ready. You know what, to be honest with you guys, I, I want to be ready. I want to find people, you know... <laughs> Some people would say, well, why'd you put all this stuff up? I mean, why? We're just a family church. We're a small church plant. You know why? Because I want our church to be faithful right now. Because when we get to where we're supposed to go, when we get to the impacts of reaching the city more, I want us to be found faithful right now. Because guess what? We serve the king of kings. The one that's faithful all the time. The one that gives us his best all the time. So I want to give him his, his best. He deserves it. This is a breeding ground. This is a training ground for us. We're young. We're young. Young or old, it doesn't matter. You're never done being prepared. Oh, you think you've arrived? You're dead. You think you've got enough training? You're lost. 
He's always training us because there's always more with God's kingdom. There's always more. You could say amen to that. So he's preparing. But what are you being faithful in right now? Today's lessons are tomorrow's triumphs. Oh, that's good. Today's lessons today, what he's teaching you right now in the little, or maybe you think it's little. What he's teaching you right now is for tomorrow's triumph. So that when you step into tomorrow, the word says don't worry about tomorrow. It's got enough worries of its own, right? So focus on today. Because today right now the lessons that he's teaching you are going to be the lessons and the triumphs that you need for tomorrow. So take today. Take today. Learn, grow. Thank God I'm in this place. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm in this place. Thank you, God, that I'm in a house that I don't belong in. Thank you that I'm in a place where I don't belong. But, God, I know this is where you called us to be. This isn't the final destination. This is just a stop. And I want to be faithful at this stop. Zach, bring up a chair. I'm going to close with this. You know, Rachel and I, we've had the privilege and the honor to, to lead some amazing missions trips to, to Inglewood. You guys know we're doing... We do our Love Chicago's down there at that church, right? Chicago City Life. It's an amazing church. Amazing, amazing church right there in Inglewood. And the pastor of the church, Pastor Charles and Kay, they're just awesome, awesome. He was here preaching not too long ago. It was incredible. But we took a trip three years ago, the first one. And we showed up to the church to see it before we were taking 25 college students to there, make sure we knew what we were getting ourselves into. And as we stepped in, it was a Saturday, so they had service the next day. And I'm, and I'm sitting there, and I, I go into the gymnasium, and there's all these chairs set up, right? All these chairs for the people to come in. And I'm just, like, amazed at, like, man, they just do such a good job. They're faithful with what they've been given. And then all of a sudden, I, I see something, right? I see, I see this. Moves down to the next one. Moves down to the next one. And I'm going, what is going on? Is he praying over the chairs? What is happening? And he comes to the last one, and he has a rag in his hand. This, this guy, don't even know his name, have no idea who he was at the time. He has a rag and a bucket. And he's going through each and every chair, and he's just wiping them off. Wiping them off. Just cleaning them. I'm going, bro, these are good chairs. What are you doing? Literally, I said that to him. I said, hey, I'm JP. Forget his name to this day. Apologize. I said, why are you washing these chairs? They're clean. I'm a clean freak. These are clean. I'd sit in them. He goes, you know, JP, this is what God's called me to do. It's not glamorous. It's not the, the best thing in the world to do, but this is what God's called me to do right now. And he goes, you know, I just came to know Jesus like two years ago, and he changed my life. I was a former addict and, and all that stuff. And, man, if I, if I just can come to God's house and I can clean some chairs, <laughs> I'll clean chairs all day long. Because I know this isn't where God has me. This isn't where God placed me. This isn't the last stop for me. But you know what? If, if I'm not, and this is him saying, if I'm not faithful with just cleaning some chairs because this is what the pastor of the house has asked and this is what people can come in and sit on a clean chair because where they live and half, 90% of them don't even live in a clean home. If they can come sit in a clean chair and they can hear the word, I'll be faithful in that. That hit me like... How are we being faithful? Joseph was faithful. He said, okay, God, I'm here in this place. I'm here in this house right now. I want to be faithful in this moment right now because I know you got more in store for me. God's always got more. And that man showed me something that, you know what? If he cleans chairs each and every Sunday, God's going to prepare him for something great. A year ago, he moved up to Minneapolis. He's on staff at a church right now. 
a former addict, a person that lived on the streets, no clue who God was. And he was cleaning chairs for a year, cleaning toilets. See, we want the office before we want to clean the bathrooms. We want the positions before we, you know, receive the training. We want the promotions before God said, hold on a second. I got to do some stuff in you. I got to work some stuff in you. I got to remove some stuff. I got to put some stuff back in. I got to place my spirit in you. Because when we're faithful in the little, he is going to be faithful in the much. When we get around people having the sense of spirit, things are should be better. Things better be better. That's what we're called to do. So bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to pray for us this morning. I just want to pray that no matter who you are, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what God's called you to do, I just want to pray a spirit of, of grace and of patience and of discernment over you. Because I know this room is filled with people that can change the kingdom of God. So Father, today we love you. We praise you. We thank you for such a mighty example of Joseph, God, that this young man who, who could have walked away from you, could have said, man, I've gone through too much stuff, I, I've experienced too much pain and hurt. God, we get an example of someone that remained faithful. Because he knew, God, that you were the one to guide his steps, to watch over him, to protect him, to take him to where you've called him. God, you were the one that, that time and time again continued to do what only you could do. God, thank you for this example. Thank you for your word. But God, I pray in the name of Jesus and through your spirit's power that you wash over each and every person in this place. God, I pray, God, no matter what they're called to do, no matter if they're discovering it, if they've heard clear a word from you, God, no matter where they're at in the journey, God, I pray that you speak to them right now. That your spirit rests upon their heart and mind. God, that they know that you're for them and not against them. That you have mighty plans for their lives. That you got a, a plan of hope and, and not death, God. I pray, Jesus, that people will, will, will take time to, to receive clarity and insight and discernment from your spirit, God, before they step. We love you, God, that we, when we call upon your name, you are eager to meet us. You desire to meet us. You desire to pour out your spirit. You desire to pour out your wisdom and your grace. So, Father, I thank you, God, that when we call upon you, you answer. God, you're faithful to do it time and time again. God, you're the one that does it over and over and over again. And we praise you. We honor you. We lift you in Jesus' name. Why don't you stand to your feet and let's just sing this one more time.